Stephanie Martinez Rivera, and you are listening to the Joy Found Here podcast. I am obsessed with reminding my fellow mamas, queens, badass babes, ladies and girls that perfection is just a word, not a lifestyle. Multitasking is overrated. Comparison is a theft of happiness. And yes, you can put yourself first. Oh, and by the way, for optimum results, you should. I'm a New York girl from a small town, part-time badass, proud mama bear times three. I've seen 60 full turns of the sun. I've learned the importance of how kindness begins with you and your self-talk. Join us each week as we help you navigate both the messy and the magical season of this crazy ride called life. Real stories that remind us to reclaim your power. The sun does come out after the shitstorm. A good cry can be cleansing and... We really don't know who sits on top of the mountain of judgment. Sit back, plug in, fill up your cup. This is your time. Remember, you've always had the power. Welcome to Joy Found Here. Hello again, and welcome back to another episode of the Joy Found Here podcast. This week's guest is Rachel Redmond. She is a doctor of oriental medicine and a Ayurvedic practitioner, I would say it slowly because I don't want to mess it up, specializing in women's health and self-care. She is the founder of The Yin Way, an online women's wellness program designed to help busy women and moms improve their health while simplifying their self-care. Say that again, simplifying their self-care. It doesn't have to be hard. She helps her clients maximize their potential without burning out. She's also a wife, toddler mom, and has a golden retriever named Honey. Ah, yes, as the mom of the yellow lab, Eli. So welcome, 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 Rachel. Thank you. Thanks. I'm so excited to be here. So we always start with, tell us about you anywhere you'd like to start. Yeah, I would be happy to. It's a big open-ended question. It's it's a very loaded question, but yeah. I'll I'll give a little bit of my background origin story just to um, say how I got into all of this, which started when I was, basically when I was a child, I had stomach aches, digestive issues my whole childhood, was the kid who kind of would sit out at parties because I always had a stomach ache. And at the parties, they generally would serve pizza and ice cream. And I found out I was lactose intolerant at a young age. And so it was fine. I still had a a wonderful, you know, happy childhood, like many wonderful things. I grew up in Michigan. And, but as I got older, as a teenager, my stomach issues got worse. Of course, stress of life started to get worse. My mom had been sick in the hospital for many months, almost died when I was a teenager And then later when I was in high school, my parents got divorced. And so there was just a lot of stuff going on. And then I went off to college. I went to University of Michigan in Ann Arbor. My stomach problems just got worse and worse. I was in the dorms and I couldn't eat anything. I just had constant stomach aches. And I went to a GI doctor and the doctor said, you know, here you go. Here's a proton pump inhibitor. This will help. And I said, okay, thank you. How long do I take this for? And he said, the rest of your life. And I was like, hmm, like I'm 19. I was 18. 
relatively healthy. And I, I had known enough at that point about holistic medicine. My dad is a physician, but he always encouraged me to pursue holistic medicine. It was an interest of his and it became an interest of mine. And I just knew that there must be something going on. And I, I would happily take the pill to just have a little reprieve for a while. But then I began a search to figure out well, what's going on and how do I heal this in a way that I don't need to take a pill the rest of my life. And so that, you know, just kind of life happens and an Ayurvedic practitioner fell into my lap. Basically, I didn't know what Ayurveda was. I had no idea. I didn't care. It was just, I was like, give me anything that'll work. And as it turned out that a lot of my digestive issues was related to anxiety, I had chronic anxiety and I didn't know it because I'd never been diagnosed. And it was just my set point. You know, you just, you don't know any different way if you're, you know, chronically anxious. Right. And you learn to live that way. Yeah. And you You learn to live with it and, and you get some coping and you develop your coping and survival skills and you don't know any better. You don't know any different really. And so, and it was, you know, the way that I internalized my anxiety, the mind and the body is connected was through stomach issues, through stomach pains. And so I learned one of my things I was recommended to learn was to learn to meditate. I learned transcendental meditation when I was 19 and within three short months of practicing, I had like almost no stomach problems. My digestive issues were 80% healed. I could eat dairy, no problem. And I realized that I was no longer anxious. So it was like this huge transformation. So it made almost a, you know, a medical healing. So I meditate, but I don't do transcendental. I don't do TM. I know some people I hear about it. Just tell us a little about it. Cause it's a, it's a little more than, Oh, just take your little five minutes and quiet your mind and, and, and get clear. So yeah. tell me about that practice. Yeah. So that practice it is, I was practicing 20 minutes twice a day. So when you think about it, you know, 40 minutes these days is a long time to sit down and meditate per day. But you broke it down. See, 40, if you told somebody, all right, so you have to do this for 40 minutes, regardless of what this is, initial answer, I don't have time. Mm -hmm, Right. You broke it down. Now, who doesn't have two 20-minute little snippets of time because you might be 15 minutes on a Starbucks line? Like, let's... Let's be honest. Let's be real. I've seen those (laughs) drive-thrus. Exactly. Exactly. I'm sorry. So go ahead. So you do, so you meditate twice a day. Yeah. So I was doing 20 minutes twice a day and it was really a tool for me to calm my nervous system and just like let my body drop down. And what happened was when, you know, this is what happens. The body knows how to heal itself. We just have to remove the blockages. We just have to get out of that fight or flight freeze and into the rest and digest the parasympathetic. And that's what I was allowing my body to do. And my body healed. It healed the leaky gut syndrome I had. And it gave me a strategy for dealing with chronic anxiety, which I still continue. I'm still a chronically anxious person, I would say, but I have my tools and I know how to manage it. And and I'm sure you have your awareness, you know, when you're like, all right, I'm starting to feel a little. And your first step is, I don't know, is it, let me take a minute. Let me take a breath. Let me step 
literally one step back, what happens? I mean, I have so many tools and that's really where Ayurveda came in because I, after that I was 19, I thought, wow, this is really cool. This Ayurveda thing. I'm gonna, you know, I was fascinated by it. It was just this. And if you don't know what Ayurveda is, it is a system of medicine from India. It's over 5,000 years old. It's one of the oldest forms of medicine on the planet that's still in use today. And in my mind, it's a truly holistic medicine because it takes into account the body, the mind, and the spirit. We can't separate any of those aspects of ourselves, and they're all interconnected and interrelated. And what, you know, what we you know, like just any part of us affects the other. So that mind body connection, which I realized that when my mind was anxious, then my stomach was upset. When I call my mind, my stomach was better and all these, all these things. So now I have so many tools that are literally built into my life. A lot of it comes from awareness, the the awareness I built. Ayurveda for me is a way to describe reality, to make sense of the world, to recognize patterns and repetition and tendencies towards disease or imbalance or all sorts of things. So it's like, I feel like I walk around with this um, manual, honestly, for life. And it's such a gift. And that is kind of what I'm trying to do with the work that I do for women is to share that with them. We don't know this Ayurvedic knowledge. We don't really, it's not part of our education. And yet it's basically like common sense that we never learned. So It has supported me. It helps me to be aware. I've noticed I'm really not feeling that anxious lately. I've been meditating regularly. I cut back on coffee. I do still have coffee, but sometimes it can kind of creep up. And then I'm like, ooh, I'm anxious. (laughs) So So there are some maybe uh, do's and don'ts, which are very concrete, more of perhaps you need to limit the intake. I'm able to really, you know, tune into what my body's telling me, listen to it. It's actually not, you know, it's a skill that some of us are good at. And some of us have forgotten that we need to connect from our head to our body. So is it just, is it then certain foods you should eat or in conjunction with something, I'm sure there's a whole combination of what you should be doing. What's what's most important is for each individual to understand what their body, mind, constitutional type is. And so once you have a, a better sense of what is your kind of elemental type or your tendencies, then you can start to learn what kind of foods might be medicine, what be balancing, because there's no one right food for any individual. It's really about the person. And so it becomes this really individualized approach. And for someone who doesn't know, is there an evaluation? Is there a questionnaire based on either what they're going through now, what they're feeling, what their body is telling them? In addition to, you know, when you drink coffee, do you get a little jittery, a little edgy? When What happens if you eat, you know, ice cream or pizza? Or So what is that process? So there are online quizzes that people can find and take. There's also probably the best way is to see an Ayurvedic practitioner. We Ayurvedic practitioners, we get educated, we practice how to do an intake evaluation and determine what the, it's called doshas, which is the mind-body type. We are able to evaluate what is your set point? Like what is your baseline? And then where, what's out of balance right now? 
And then from there, we start to figure out what tools would be medicine. So what would be, so tell me the different types that there can be. I'm just yeah. trying to like put myself in. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. I'll, of course I'll like try to self-diagnose, but you go yeah. on. Well, yeah. Everyone is yeah, <laughs> like, oh, what's my name? I'll just well, say what I, what I think. I'm. Yeah. So we have to go back a little bit and say that this is a system that's based on the principles of five elements. And so these five elements are the way we see that they're all, they're in nature and they're within us. And so the five elements are ether, which is like space spaciness, like space, ether, air, fire, water, and earth. And we all have a combination of these five elements, but the idea is that we kind of have them in different proportions. So we know the easiest one is that fire type. We, we can recognize a fire type for like that person is, is like kind of. Maybe they even like have like um, reds, you know, their face is like kind of that reddish. It gets red easily. They might have red hair. They might not, but they're just like that fiery personality. They're kind of sharp. There might be, you know, like energetic, active, like um, they might be quick to be irritable, things like that. Like this would be a, a fire type with a little bit of imbalance there, but that would be called Pitta. Pitta is our it's mostly fire, a little bit of water, and they tend to be really intellectual, ambitious, bright thinkers, leaders, but they can get that if they have too much fire in them, like, or they eat hot substances, they love, you know, hot sauce and everything, or they might go for a run at noon in the middle of the summer. We say this like increases like and opposites balance. So if a fire type is doing all sorts of fiery things, then they're going to have more heat. They'll be more prone to inflammation of any kind. Their digestive issues might be more like reflux and GERD and things like that. They might be prone to ulcerative colitis. Like, you know, there's, it just goes on and on. Rage, road rage, irritability, these kinds of things. So that would be our Pitta friends. And they need a lot of cooling and calming. And the cooling and calming, how does that come in the form of better food choices? So better food choices. So we start to look at foods, like what foods are kind of heating, inflammatory, sharp, oily. So that could be even coffee is kind of this heating, oily substance. Alcohol, we can say it's sharp, it's penetrating, like right to the bloodstream. Hot sauces, hot chilies. Oftentimes we tend to gravitate towards the things that cause our imbalances. It's just like this, you know, like people, so people will be like, pouring hot sauce and like, just like, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think of all my hot sauce loving people that I know. Perhaps they are pickers out there. Yeah. Very. And spice lovers. Mm -hmm. And yeah. They could minimize those substances, maybe add cilantro, which is really cooling to their food, drink cucumber water in the summertime, avoid intense physical activity in the middle of the day. They'd be better to go for a walk in the evening or in the morning when it's cool. They might be workaholics. So their task is really to leave work behind for a minute, set up, you know, set some boundaries, go out and be in nature, things like that. So that's, that's the the short version of how we manage Pitta. And then, so we'll stay on this type for now because you, you, let's say, identify as that. I am. And then what would you would perhaps change diet? And then would you 
but and change not only eliminate but then add better options and then uh i would think some sort of movement exercise and and it's not as though i want to say okay for someone that's like not very active you know the word exercise can be nerve-wracking like i'm i'm not you know if someone was or to tell me like the best form of exercise would be running for me i would be like all right what's the second best yeah. you know yeah. unless unless there's a giant monster or i'm on fire yeah. this girl isn't running yes yeah. Yeah, I can do other things. So, right. so what are um, the options or some start points? And, yeah. and we'll stay on. We'll stay on our fiery friends. Yeah. So, so there. It, so again, it's going to depend. What are they doing now? Or if they're if they're doing no exercise, then we want to encourage them to go for a walk. You know, first thing in the morning and maybe before bed. You know, in the evening. If they're if they're a pitta type, they they might the tendency more is to be really intense about exercise. So they're going to hot hot yoga in the middle of the summer, and they're going to Bikram and they're sweating. You know, like they're going and they're doing hit workouts for an hour. They're being too intense about it. So we want to lessen the intensity. We want to say, okay, if you're doing, you know power yoga six times a week. How about one or two of those days you do yin yoga or restorative yoga or a gentle yoga? It might be a hard transition. So depending where the person is, you start slowly, little by little. So you just try to start to bring back the intensity and bring forward a little bit more relaxation, a little bit more of that more gentle exercise. Maybe it's going swimming. That would be really nice. It's still kind of intense and vigorous, but you get that cooling of the water. It's calming for the mind. You're not, can't really like listen to music in the water. You're just mostly listening to yourself. You're breathing. Um, so that's swimming is just one of those great exercises. If you could do it year round, I mean, and, and again, I start out by, if I could float all year round, that would be great. And yeah, I'd swim a little, but it is, it's just your, your body is free. It's, uh, you know, great to do whatever kind of, you know, you can jog in the water. You can, you can do some easy stuff. That's not hard on the body. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 It's a wonderful, yeah. Yeah. It's my happy place swimming. (laughs) (laughs) If only it was year round. Well, for us, if only it was year round. Yeah. So you have some exercise, you have some diet changes. Everything is, I want to say, gradual. Mm -hmm. And then when, or the, let's say the average person, or does it vary because everybody's different? Would they, would someone see a difference? Yes. I mean, very often when people are able to make the changes, these simple shifts, they notice it right away. And that's the beauty of it. It's the hardest part is making the changes, you know? So that's really the struggle sometimes. So that I really take a slow and steady, like tiny, tiny shifts. Um, let's, you know, let them work. But I mean, I've worked with people. She wasn't a pitta person, but she was ready to have her colon removed from chronic constipation for 50 years. And she came to me as a last resort and she had, and I gave her a few simple shifts and she didn't have the surgery and she started correcting this 50 year imbalance. And it was, it was for her, it was very dramatic. So it doesn't always happen that way, but sometimes 
It does. <laughs> no, that is. That absolutely is. So as the practitioner, they they have a, a concern. They might have a medical issue. They come to you. They're, you, they're, I don't want to even say they're recognized. I don't want to say diagnosed. You know, you, you identify which type they are, and then you apply the process because you know where the strengths and what, what makes the, the PICA work. Mm-hmm. Of, yeah. Okay. So when you do that, is it, it's not a one and done. It's not a, here's your, here's your menu for life. Stick to this and you'll be great. So it's, it's re- this is where education comes in. And this is why I created an education program for people. I wanted them to have the tools to understand the way the body might shift and, and start to build in that awareness to say, okay, like I'm a pitta person, let's say, but it's the middle of the winter and now I'm really cold. And what am I going to do? I'm not going to have cooling foods all winter long. So we have to, you know, the seasons come and then things change and life happens and, you know, things are different when we're 20 than when we're 55, you know, especially for women where they are in their, you know, reproductive, you know, life, you know, lifespan. So what I like to do is really give people the foundational tools so they can apply them to their life. And in the beginning, it takes some support, some guidance that they're really dealing with some health issues. We might meet several times. But at the end of the day, I want people to really know, like understand this patterns and they're, it's not hard to learn. It's actually very simplistic in a way, but then they can go out and they'll be like, oh, I'm traveling and, you know, I'm cross time zones and that makes, gives me constipation. Like, what am I going to do? And they have the tools. They know what to do. They know how to, what we're trying to do is prevent illness and disease. So we're trying to preempt things by maintaining this. We're trying to bring our balance, you know, kind of, it's hard to say, but balance is dynamic homeostasis. It means dynamic balance. So it's not like a linear straight line. It's like this up and down. It's like a little bit wavy. So what we're trying to avoid is the extremes of, you know, the ups and the downs and bring it back to a more middle path. So I was reading uh, one of your Facebook posts and you talked about, and you touched on it earlier, um, that there's a shift between the seasons Mm -hmm. and that we happen to be in that now. And I loved what you said, which is the shift between the season. Think of it as an opportunity to reevaluate what is working for you. I... A, love, love. But it's interesting because I do welcome each season and I look at each season as a new beginning. I'm like, all right, here's the next 90 days. Let's see what we can do with that. Never one of these like, oh, well, the year's almost over. I haven't really done anything. I guess I won't. I'm like 90 days, let's go. And I'm never rushing summer out of my life. I'm going to hold on kicking and screaming. So take no offense, fall. You'll get here eventually, but I need everyone to pump their brakes on the freaking pumpkin stuff. It's the summer. 
But with that said, with a few weeks left of summer, you do get into that. Some days you'll have the extreme weather and it's like, oh, it's still here. And then other days you're like, why am I wearing long sleeves? It's, you know, so how do you prepare? I mean, obviously the change in our environment is the change and the weather. And and then how does that impact us? Yes. So yeah, for, first of all, it is, it is a bit of a, a mindset shift, like just to begin, because we can so often go through life, like we're robots, like we're machines, like we are not impacted by the change of the seasons, by the time of day, by the weather, but we absolutely are. We know that I used to live in New Mexico where it's sunny 270 days of the year, at least. And I I grew up in Michigan. I live in Michigan now. So it is so obvious how that sunshine impacts my mood, my physical health, everything. So we, we know that we are impacted by the weather, the seasons, we can't escape it. And so the more we can respond to that, the better off we're going to be. And the, you know, the less, the more we'll be able to adapt and um, figure out how to keep ourselves healthy and well. But back to the change of the seasons, this, um, so we, so, so in Ayurveda, there's the, the type we didn't talk about, but I'll mention it briefly because it's important here is called Vata and Vata is associated with the ether and air elements. And so Vata, Vata people, um, they tend to be, how do you spell that? Because I just want to make sure it's not vodka, everyone. No, it's, it's V-A-T-A. Okay, I thought so Vata. Okay. And Vata means wind. It's about, it's think of the wind. So the wind is erratic, irregular, it's changeable. You can't grab it, it's intangible. You can feel its impact, you can feel the wind in your hair, but you can't hold on to it. It's not like a, a tree trunk or a branch. And so people with a Vata constitution, they tend to be kind of light, even in their physical frames. They tend to be more slender, have small bone structures, things like that. They love to run and jump and dance and they're like so active. They can be visionaries and have lots of ideas, but they have more trouble like putting things into action, following through. They can have lots of energy, but then they crash really easily. They don't, they don't, they they have really variable energy and they're prone to things like anxiety, dryness. So constipation or dry skin, dry hair. They're prone to more gas and bloating and um, insomnia and things like that because they're so light and airy. They need more. Their medicine is earth and grounding and, and like things like that. So with that in mind, any change, any transition, like the wind changes all the time is associated with Vata. So the change of seasons is associated with Vata. So we're always trying, so which is why when the seasons change, we can have this uptick in anxiety because like if we're unsettled, we might not realize it, but there's this unsettling, this like lack of grounding because there's a change underfoot. So, and then the season of fall in itself is associated with Vata, whereas summer would be associated with Pitta, our fire friends. They have the season of summer and Vata friends have the season of fall, but we're all impacted by the elements, by the changes. So whether or not Vata is our main type, we still might notice the impact. So for the general population, we feel this change internally. We don't know how to register it sometimes because we're not aware that it's happening. And so 
any, the season between the seasons is any shift from, you know, summer to fall, fall, to spring, you know, all of that. There's this, there's this, it's a, a limbo, this liminal space is in between. We're not, we're not fully in summer. We're not fully in fall. It's unsettling. We don't know what to wear. We don't know what to eat. It impacts us. And so that is why when we have awareness, when we're, we can preempt it, we can say, all right, this is the time of anxiety, of irregularity. What can I do to create some regularity in my life? What can I do to ground extra? What can I do to stabilize my routine, to do, you know, eat meals at the same time every day, go to bed at the same time every day, meditate once a day. You know, there's all these ways that we can create some anchors of stability in our life. And that is really important at this time. And it's important in fall. It's important whenever life is kind of, you know, kicking changing and about yeah. right. So it's, uh, it's interesting from what I'm hearing that, First of all, knowledge is power. Mm-hmm. And I and as our anxiety builds, air quotes, because a lot of times we don't know why we're tired or irritable. I'll tell you, I know I am, you know, I live by the sun. And if we have three days of rain or clouds and overcast, and my friend does not come out to shine on me. And I'm a happy person, um, very positive, um, all of that. But it's a struggle. Mm-hmm. I, I need to like feel it and see it. And then at change of season and then time change where it's darker earlier. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, hmm, well, it's dark out. I guess I'll just go to bed. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we know that it impacts our mood, seasonal affective disorder, the serotonin drops, you know, our serotonin levels plummet. So that's our happy hormone, our happy neurotransmitter. But also I think when you learn, because again, when you're like, okay, wait a minute, I know this, then this is okay. Like it's okay if I'm feeling that this way. Mm-hmm. Now, what can I do about it? Well, I can choose to do this or I can choose to do that versus just like, I don't know why I'm so bitchy today, but I'm cranky and stay out of my way. Yeah. 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 I think that we always want to know why we, we always, we have a tendency to want to understand like what's the cause. And when we know it, then we can be a little bit more gentle with ourselves, gentle with others, take whatever measures we need to take to lessen the blow of whatever is coming up. So tell us more about, cause I do want to hear about the yin way, your online wellness program. What, how did it come about? And yeah. Yeah. So I am also an acupuncturist. I was part of my training. I did a four year, um, program, master's program in um, Santa Fe, New Mexico. And so the concept of yin and yang is central to Chinese medicine. And we, I think people are familiar with it to some extent, but we, you know, I'll just kind of explain it a little bit that yin and yang is that circular symbol, the black and white symbol. And the yang is associated with sunshine, with daytime, with heat, with masculine energy, it's associated with expansion. And in my mind, it's the doing, it's the doing part of, you know, the ourselves. 
Whereas the yin is, is it's associated with nighttime, with darkness, with coolness, with more inward energy, introspection, um, sleep, rest, and receptivity. So it's associated with the feminine energy as well. So we all have masculine and feminine energy within us. We all have yin and yang within us. So what I started to see was with my clients is that, you know, stress, the impact of stress, we know that is a major cause of disease, of symptoms, of simply just feeling crummy. We just feel crappy. And we know that like 80% of all of it is due to stress, the way that stress impacts our body. So this is like a big, a big thing. Um, like kind of where this all came about is many years of working with people and seeing the way that, you know, to me, self-care is the antidote to stress. If we're having, you know, if stress is what's happening in our life then self-care is what we do to manage that stress. And when I, when my son was born, I have a three and a half year old and he great was age. Born. Yes. He's, he's really fun. He's a robot. Every yeah, day. <laughs> great, great age. Yeah. yeah. And so when he was born, you know, a few months into it, I was just like, what the hell? Like, I'm so overwhelmed. There's so much to do. I require a lot to take care of myself, my mental health, all of that. And I just started to feel like, oh my gosh, this is so, what is wrong with me? Like, how am I ever going to do this mother thing? while trying to work all of that. And then I started to see, actually, the problem isn't inside of me. The problem is our cultural conditioning, the society that we live in, the one that values and prioritizes everything associated with yang energy, and that devalues and deprioritizes everything associated with yin. We are allowed, we live in this hustle culture. Productivity is our number one cultural value. Busy, busy, busy. Yep. Mm -hmm. It's this capitalism that has been internalized. We feel like if we're not working, if we're not doing, if we're not proving our worth in some way, that we're worthless, that we don't have any innate goodness. I think this is a lot of people I know struggle. They, and I do myself, that was part of it. It was like, if we're not being productive, then we're not doing what we're supposed to be doing. And I, I just started to really question that. I could, I could start to see it as a major imbalance of our society that if we only are so busy doing life, then we're not being in life. Or living and, it. Yes. And that is where the, 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 the juiciness of life comes from. That's where the, the reason that we're here, you know, we don't get to our end of our life and say, Oh, I wish I had worked more and harder and spent more time away from my family and more time on my phone. You know, we don't said say no that. one ever. Yep. Said no one ever. Yep. We, we wish that we had watched more sunsets and spent more time with our family and read more books or, you know, things like that. And, and so I started to see this imbalance and the way it specifically impacts women because women, we have our hormones are more yin. And when we're stressed out, it creates this really strong hormonal imbalance. And that's a whole other topic in conversation. It's all connected. And so what it became was this, like, how do I create this paradigm shift in my own mind to go from this yang is everything to just emphasizing more of the yin, that rest is okay, that slowing down is okay, that not getting everything on my to-do list is okay. And 
yin and yang are equal. They're both, they're interdependent and they're interconnected, but we live in a world that they're not equal. Men and women are not equal, you know, like this and that is not equal. So the work now is how to create, figure out how to value the yin in a new way, how to integrate that into our life. And that is where healing happens because the first day of Chinese medicine school, I learned that in order to create healing in the body, we have to balance the energy of yin and yang. That is Chinese medicine in a nutshell. When you started this journey and when you were, I'll say, on a mission to step off the ride, you're like, you know what? I'm going to, I'm taking the yin line, the, the yin line right now. You guys keep it going. Stay as busy as you want to stay. Were you met with any resistance or basically judging the judges? So any criticisms, any who does she think she is? I mean, I don't think so yet. Maybe, you know, I don't have enough people following me yet. Where it comes, where the resistance comes is, is inside my clients. We, the resistance is in us. We know that we need to reprioritize things. We know that we need to slow down. But we know, but what happens is that when we do those voices, those neural programming, it comes up and it's trying to say, oh, wait a second, you're no good. You're all the negative self-talk comes in. I think it's like that Geico commercial with the ants, all of her ants that are in the house, meaning her her aunt and uncle that are critical, like, well, this is a lot of house. I hope you can keep it clean. And yes. one's going through the roof. Like those people that were in your life that, you know, perhaps put the voices in your head. And then as hopefully we get older and we learn a little more and you can then decide hmm, what makes it true. Yeah. That was, that right. was kind of their, their view. It doesn't have to be mine. Yes. Right. And that's the thing is like this programming is deep within us. We get it since the minute we're born. And so the work is to how to reprogram the brain. And we know that we can. We know that the brain is plastic. It's changeable. We can reprogram new pathways. And so we do that little by little in our in the program. And I talked to a client yesterday who was in it about a year ago. And she said, you know, I missed a day of you know, exercise because I wasn't feeling so good. And my first instinct was to berate myself and tell my, you know, be mad at myself. And then my second thought was actually I needed a a day of rest and I'm going to get back to it tomorrow. And so she noticed the old programming, but also the way in which she had reprogrammed it. So there, it was both there, but she was able to choose the pathway that was more kind, compassionate, and was going to be more supportive. And Surfer. Awareness is key. So the program itself, what does what does it consist of? So, you know, a lot of the people that join, they are they like to learn. And so it's consists of um eight modules, what I call call the foundations of women's health. And it's actually a lot of training. Each module is an hour and a half, broken up into small bits, because I include a lot of information, but we cover Things like understanding this yin-yang paradigm, looking at self-care. I kind of break open self-care and look at it from these many different angles and help people sort out how they can actually simplify self-care, how they can integrate self-care into their lives. We talk about hormones and hormone balance. 
going into Ayurveda. I think there's three modules on Ayurveda, discovering your mind-body constitution, food as medicine. We talk about the neuroscience of sleep. It's like everything is a pillar. Food is a pillar. Sleep is a pillar. Stress management and self-care are all the pillars of health. And that's what we cover inside the program, but it's very geared to women in between 20 and 50 in their reproductive years, because we have to understand how our hormones are shifting monthly, what happens when we have a baby and we go through postpartum, you know, all of that. So it's educational in that way. But then I either meet with people one-on-one who want to do that kind of VIP version. And also we have weekly group calls so that we can come together and really build community because one way that we can buffer stress is coming together and connecting and supporting each other and sort of normalizing self-care and normalizing the yin, celebrating each other for listening to our bodies, for taking a day of rest, for kind of dismantling that hustle culture that we've all been brought up in. So it's, um, yeah. So it's another way, it's another, it's another tribe to, to join. And, you know, when, when you're in like-mindedness, well, that's, that makes sense, Stephanie, when you're in a like-minded, when you're in like-minded company, it's actually probably even more empowering, but also, especially when you first start out and perhaps a little nervous, perhaps a little meek, perhaps like, do I belong and a little insecure, but I'm sure again, as a group, and I have found in my experience uh, with groups there, it brings such validation, mm-hmm. like, oh, I'm not the only one. Those are my words. That's how I feel. I'm not alone. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. And it's a safe place. And, you know, I really try to create non-judgmental spaces because I always say when I was in my acupuncture practice, the only judgment in the room is yours. Like we come in with our own judgment and we're like, oh my God, is she, I'll ask people about their diet and they assume that I'm judging them. And I am not, you know, yeah. like it's not, but we are so, you know, judgment is such a force in our lives. And, um, right. So yeah, I'm, I'm proud of this program. It's sort of like I was working with all these women in my acupuncture practice and I was like, oh, I just need them to know these basics, these foundations, but I never had time in a session to tell them. So then I created it. I just want to say one thing that this is so important. Like this yin yang balance is, is crucial. And when you think of like, think of a candle. And so the wax is the yin, it's the substance, it's the material. And the yang is the flame. It's the wick and the flame. It's the fire. Yang is like fire. And so if we only value the fire, we're just going to burn through all of the yin, all of the wax, and then we get burnout. (laughs) Like that's like what burnout is, is this, you know, we're depleting the resources faster than we're replenishing them. And in Eastern medicine, everything is a microcosm and a macrocosm. So the reason this is so important is what we feel happening in our bodies is literally happening on a global scale. It is climate change. It is the world burning up and depleting the resources without replenishing them. Like this, what's happening out there is happening in us. It's so important that we start to be aware of this and start to make the tiny changes in us, but also the grand global changes because we are watching, you know, I just read the news this morning and like the West is like 
there's so much smoke, you know, it's just like, it's heartbreaking and it's scary. Um, for the interesting, year. interesting to put it in, in that frame and cause it does make so much sense, you know, and then, and then you have this visual and then take that and again, apply it to yourself, to your body, to your vessel internally. Mm-hmm. Right. So this stuff matters, you know, taking care of ourselves matters, taking care of the earth, it matters. And we're kind of at a, a a moment that we, you know, it's, we have to step up and do it for ourselves and for everybody else. And when we take care of ourselves, we end up, you know, those around us, they're better off, you know, big proponent, very big proponent of it. It has to start with you. Yes. That's the only place, right? (laughs) Like It has to start with you. So this has been, and and I do want to, I'm going to promise everyone there's going to be another episode because there is, you were not wrong. There's so much more to, <laughs> to delve into. But first and foremost, on social, which is where we all are, where is everyone going to find you? Yeah, these days I'm mostly on Instagram. You can find me at, at rachel.e.redmond over there. And sometimes on Facebook, um, you can just search my name. And yeah, website. That's, that's and my website is rachel-redmond.com. And I, I have some free guides on the website. I have a free self-care guide. It's a quick PDF. And I also have a, a masterclass. It's, it's just really fun. You get a deeper look into all that I'm talking about, how to manage stress better and integrate self-care in that easier way. So that's fun for anyone who likes the video. And I think the timing of this episode will be perfect as they'll, it will be at probably right at the in-between of the seasons, the, the farewell to summer and hello fall, bring it on. So that will be perfect. And yes, everybody do check out Rachel and her program. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I so appreciate your time. I love talking to you and we're going to check some things out and we're going to learn more. Yay. Thanks for having me. It's lots of fun talking to you. Okay. Thanks again, everyone. Appreciate your time. Appreciate your support. Your feedback has been phenomenal. Uh, Comments on the website, www dot joy found here dot com or you can throw them a dm on my insta which is stephanie mart at stephanie martinez rivera and until the next time be well thanks again thanks for listening to this week's episode of the joy found here podcast If you've enjoyed what you've heard today, please share it with a friend. And of course, if you haven't already done so, subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. Don't forget to head over to joyfoundhere.com for any questions, comments, and feedback. Until next week, keep your head up and your crown straight. You've got this.